thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Wise Content Creates Wealth. You've heard that content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. This podcast is about understanding how you can make and utilize content to improve your financial success in the bottom line of your company. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, and I'm a marketing technology expert who has built a multi-million dollar company. I am also an award-winning content producer. My company is Galileo Tech Media, a leader in providing wise content, which is content that incorporates search science, behavioral science, AI data, and process to make content that converts better, better and gets better rankings. Since 2014, we have provided a suite of global clients, wise content services, help, helping getting maximum visibility in organic search, social media presence and effectiveness, and marketing conversions. Besides this, this, besides this podcast, we, we run a monthly webinar. Uh, we ask leaders, scientists, and psychologists as, and others to expound in depth about subjects related to wise content. Read more about us at galileotechmedia.com and sign up for our informative newsletter, that will let you know about our upcoming episodes and webinars. Our agenda today is co-creation uh, with influencers. We'll be featuring the Bella platform by Digital Presence. In the early days of what has now become the influencer marketing industry, the relationship between many brands and agencies and the influencers they worked with were, was fairly one way. The metaphorical red carpet would be rolled out as the brands would bow down, treading on eggshells for fear of upsetting the precious bloggers and the influential social media users. There was an underlying tone and fear, and this new breed of digital elite could make or break a brand online. These relationships were short-term and transactional and were often built on gifting experiences, products or with the promise of hard cash. This led to a cohort of influencers for whom it became the norm to be treated to VIP experiences and endless freebies, giving them a sense of entitled laziness when it came to providing values for the brands they were working with. Now, this wasn't all influencers. There was, uh, there was a, a lot of influencers that were very honorable in what they were doing, but it became a reputation. Um, and, you know, the, the bad influencers created a, a, a sense that there was that they were providing vague creative responses, overinflated fees, and, and were providing minimal effort when building relationships. And the output of these partnerships uh, could only ever go so far and were all often exasperated um, that an influencer wasn't a real job, but it is. Because you know, now we work with creators that have, that the work with creators has matured and developed. And now many agencies, brands, and influencers are seeing the value of, of exchange in working with each other and understanding what each party can bring to the table to help the other succeed. Uh, as audiences become more savvy and aware and loyal to their favorite influencers, they want to see the brands actually enabling influencers to create better, more exciting, and more engaging content for them, which in turn positions the brand favorably. When I uh, had uh, Kevin Lee of Did It on here a few a few weeks ago, he was talking about how um, you know the co the co creation process 
with uh, brands is a lot like the old soap operas back in the day. People are aware that there's the advertising value, but they still love the story. In this case, they still love the, the story and the lifestyle of the influencers. And they're aware that, brand, that the, uh, brands are paying for things to happen. Uh, so co-creation and collaboration is a win-win for both parties. Uh, and there's so much, there's so much that an influencer can offer besides just social media content and brand exposure. They are an incredible source of knowledge and expertise on endless and niche to topics. They have a bag of bags of creativity and they're able to think outside the box. They have new perspectives and real world, real, real world insights which make many brands could only dream of having internally. They know their audiences better than anyone. And if done correctly, the influencers can be, can be the ultimate advocate for a brand. Influencers can be cost efficient, source of high quality content. And many brands have taken advantage of these efficiencies using creators in, in the place of traditional agencies to generate assets. While, and while this is still an underutilized practice, Influencer-generated content can be used for all manner of act act activations, from digital to TV creative, uh, out-of-home out of office, print, or even on the side of the bus. The possibilities are endless if their influencers are briefed correctly. Um, but it's not just what the influencers can do. The brand, the best collaborations can leverage the doors a brand can open for the influencers. And from the brand pr perspective, Yes, they can offer influencers the chance to experience new things and enable content for their channels, but they're also offer the credibility of working with a big brand name in a particular industry. And that is great uh, cachet for an influencer. They can also give the influencer creative autonomy within the realms of specific topics or directions. They can provide guidance, advice, and mentoring on best practices and ways of working. And they can offer connections within the industry to other talent and extended relationships, which ultimately lead to a higher quality output. Brands can not only enable uh, content, but can help influencers grow and develop and evolve the feeds that are going out in their content. They also can provide lots of tools. There's enterprise level tools that the influencers cannot afford that, um, that the brand can provide to give data and information to the influencer to help them make better content and co-create content with them. Um, so the best examples of co-creation stem from a, building solid relationships from the outset based upon transparency, honesty, and mutual respect. Give them time, resource, knowledge, information, and bring them into your world so that they can feel they're a part of it. And there's as much in it for them as there is for the brand and agency, leading to a collective responsibility for the content. Um, we, we also look at co-creation, not just in an influencer space, but it's also when you're reaching out to blog writers to get, say, publicity or links for your brand uh, and for your website in the SEO space. It's, it's a, it's a uh, influencers is a term that needs to look at not only social media, but blogs, articles, publishers, journalists, there's a lot of different people that could be considered influencers that you could do co-creation with. And it's just not about, not about promotion. It runs the gamut of all digital and to analog marketing these days. So how do you uh, work with them? Well, you identify what you need and want from a partnership and the gap, that gap that could be filled by working with a creator. 
How can they, how can they be more than just cash for comment? Brief them on your new, give them real, real briefs on their, on the business needs, wants, and goals, but give them a chance to add value with their creativity, knowledge, and expertise. How can they translate these objectives into something that will resonate with their audience? Bring them into your world. You know, bring them, you give them that, that brief uh, that's really enough to, give them a brief that's really enough to build a long-term relationship. Um, and, and, and is that enough? Or do you need to have face-to-face -face meetings with them, you know, to communicate to them what you're about? Uh, you have to make those decisions and, 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 and establish the relationship in a way that's appropriate. Uh, and, and also get them to have actual experience with your, uh, with your products or services or whatever you're trying to promote up close and personal. And you should workshop together, do real brainstorm sessions to communicate with each other about the direction the campaign should go with everyone having an equal say. The, the old brainstorm method was is that nobody could say no. If you wanted to, uh, if you didn't like somebody's idea, you don't say no to it, you build upon it. You build up on top of it and you change it. And then that gives the other person the ability to change. So there's no, there's, there's not a negativity in the brainstorm process. It's a process of building. Um, and, if there, and are there other channel activations an influencer partner could help with you, help you with? Um, what is the brand, what can the brand do to support the content creation process? It can be very expensive to create some content. You know, video can be very expensive. They're, you know, assisting the influencers in, uh, in, in, in the creation process is incredibly important. And would the influencer benefit from knowing more about the brand's history and heritage and even the long-term plans of where they're going? And then after the campaign, it, really, frankly, almost all marketing efforts, event efforts, promotion efforts, it's after the instigation of the campaign, the event itself, or the, or the content promotion. It's what happens after where all the value happens. So after the campaign, what insights, guidance, and advice can be shared with the influencers about their content so that it helps them promote it better, helps them understand how they can further use that content or create more content. Um, Ultimately, there are benefits to all parties by taking a co-creation approach to influencer marketing content. It will drive the industry forward. It will mature the channel and force it to become an integrated activity and more than anything, enable more engaging content for audience to help put brands front of mind. And it's a, uh, and it's a critical uh, process in, uh, in wise content development is to involve deeply with your co-creation partners. So somebody who knows about this space is Austin Rosenthal. Austin heads operations and sales for digital presence. He has the ability to conceptualize workflows and dis dissect market demands resulting in the development of a platform called Bella. Uh, digital presence and platform Bella specialize in influencer marketing where they build and manage teams of ambassadors, advocates, creators, and power users at scale. They empower business owners, independent marketers, agencies, and brands to increase productivity through automation and AI. Hello, Austin. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, so how did you, you're, you're a fairly young guy, so how did you end up being a COO of uh, Digital Presence? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first first of all, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to talk a little bit more about this. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty interesting journey path, really first starting more on the 
creator influencer side and seeing some some problems in this space that is influencer marketing. Um, and, you know, push came to shove about five years later, we came up with this concept, Bella, um, myself and one of the other co-founders, uh, Chris Buetti. So uh, came up with this concept and, and kind of started rolling with it. All right, cool. Well, we're going to take a break real quick. I want to find more about your background and the, and the evolution of uh, Bella when we come back. Hello, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Austin Rosenbaum. Hey, Austin. So um, so I, I think a lot of you guys came out of Wake Forest, didn't you, for about five years ago. Uh, I went to Duke, so there's a little ACC rivalry right there. <laughs> no, one might be a little bit better at, at hoops than the other, but we don't have to get into that. Well, you know, when I was in school, Wake, Wake was actually pretty good back in the day. Well, we had Chris Paul, Tim Duncan. We had some some players. But, yeah, you uh, had some players. Yeah, right. So, so you come out, and I think that um, you know you, you and you and Chris had uh, got did some stuff. Chris, your CEO, Chris Buetti, right? Did yeah, Buetti, stuff yeah. with data science. He got a little notice with uh, creating his own automated Instagram. Is that right? What did he do? Yeah. So that was. You know, one of the the tipping off points for this, where we, you know, first um, kind of coming from more of the creator side of it, an influencer, and understanding how they're approached and can monetize their profile, and what you know, Chris ended up doing, um, which was rather interesting, was building out um, a system that that really grew social presence um, and profiles for individual account creators. And, you know, the, the idea was we um, can systematically try to grow um, accounts and on both sides, developing the content and posting the content. And then on the other side, actually growing the following base and the audience and a targeted capacity, and then start deploying that type of technology upon other um, users. And that was our first really um, step towards an actual business model in this particular space. That was funny because I thought I saw the Tedder TV interview. He got known because he was getting free meals in New York City. From, yeah, from well, building, building his first version of that, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, when when two entrepreneurs are neck are trying to get get after it, sometimes a free meal here and there is a little it's bit not bad, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So you, you're sort of the business, uh, had a business background. He's a data scientist and that's how you guys yeah. came together, right? Yeah. So that was how it was founded is based upon that, that initial technology, right? Yeah, it was, it was really about kind of growth um, yeah. and developing social credibility, um, particularly in, in that side. But we were really exposed as we were doing and running, um, you know, that type of service to all of the operational inefficiencies when it comes to developing partners with co-creators and ambassadors and things along those lines, um, where we thought, and I think we thought correctly, that our technologies could actually be better utilized to help facilitate and build these communities of um, brand advocates for the advertiser and marketer in mind. Cool. 
So, so you, I mean, influencer marketing is, is about what five years old. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not uh, the oldest. Well, it's, 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 you guys are you're young, but you're part. You're 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 ancient in terms of this industry, right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, that's the first time someone's called me ancient. So I appreciate yeah, ready, that. Uh, get ready, <laughs> get ready for it. It happens more and more often. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so you you probably can answer the question of what is the purpose of influencer marketing? And more importantly, yeah. what is the power of authentic content? Yeah, I mean, that's everything, right? Is driving authenticity to your brand, your product, your service, whatever it is that you're trying to promote. You want to get that in the hands of users, people, people that can express and talk about your product in an authentic capacity. And that's really what the power of influencer marketing. And I, you know, I, I mentioned kind of this transition and shift from influencer marketing to really this world of creation and the world of creator, because it's all about that. It's mm -hmm. giving guidelines to individuals, but allowing them to be creative with the content that they develop and their voice that they have and the audience that they have and what message they can push um, to the people that are honestly listening to them for that particular reason. So Absolutely. I mean, content's the driver of influencer marketing. It, it has been and it always will be moving forward. What do you think signals to the, uh, the co-creator, influencer um, um, audience that this is really authentic? And verse, or they will, even if it's branded, you know, branded, they still buy it. They believe of it as authentic. What is that? It's your day to day. It's a user now, you know, influencer marketing can be used for so many different reasons, you know, having smaller profiles to profiles that have millions of followers, you know, expressing their and advocating for your brand. But at the end of the day, it's about experiences and it's about these individuals that are promoting the product, using it in the real world and showing how it's benefiting their life and posting themselves using the product at the beach or at the bar or, you know, things that are a little bit, you know, come off less targeted to the audience while still targeting the right audience with the message, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there, 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 there's a, there, there's been an evolution in the last five years in several arenas, you know, and, and where I've been involved with is more SEO. Mm -hmm. um, though I did form the first influencer marketing professionals organization here in uh, Manhattan in uh, uh, 2015, I think. So I, I, I started that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, we 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 you know we reached out for link building, so we would just reach reach out, you know, and, and pay mm -hmm. for links or get people to you know put links in their blogs, but. Yeah, you know, right. and so we would just look for influencers, but now we look to co-create with people, right? Exactly. Because the reach is for, for so, and then, and so the, it was driven by technical demands by Google, you know, really detecting, you know, paid link schemes and things like that to creating an authentic. What drove you, what drove influencer become more, less about influencers and more about co-creators? Yeah, and I think it's it's honestly the personal relationship that the brands need to be developing with their partners. That's mm -hmm. what's going to drive the success of the campaign and want, you know, individuals that are being asked to advocate for the brand to want to continue to advocate for the brand. Of course, they need to, you know, 
like the product, the service, but more importantly, it's a relationship between the brand and the co-creator that matters most. And that was what we saw as the missing link. And that's why we try to develop a platform that aids the brand to be able to focus more of their attention on the relationship building, on the community involvement, on these more interpersonal relationships with their co-creators, as opposed to all of the manual and monotonous and really tedious tasks associated with activating and running a program of this sense. So uh, some of the challenges of are, are you know the, the tediousness of it, the reaching yeah. the people. What are their exactly. existing challenges are in the industry that you, you, you <laughs> see and are trying to solve? Yeah, and that was really you know the, the evolution of the product was finding what those problems were, trying to use tools that were out there to aid us and figuring out a smart way to build it into really this efficient workflow. And, you know, it all revolves around, you know, some key problems and challenges, which is, you know, how do you go and find the right fit for this project? How do you communicate with them appropriately? How do you make it so that the back and forth communication is streamlined and it's not overbearing for the, how do you make the process seem professional? Like you're entering almost essentially a job or an engagement with the brand but also being there to facilitate on the back end, you know, the tracking, the reporting, the payout, all of those components generally fall on the hands of the advertiser and marketer, which makes it challenging at the end of the day to develop the relationships because they're worried about, you know, just the day-to-day -day maintenance and operational components that go to running a campaign of this nature. You know, when um, when we do a large scale campaign to do, to build, you know, links essentially, um, mm -hmm. or co-creation, um, you know, content that happens to have links in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. Or mentions. Um, one of the things that can be a problem is actually, one, making sure that they place it, and two, that it mm -hmm. stays up for a significant amount of time. Is that, do you have that problem in the influencer space? Oh, absolutely. And, that, and it kind of comes down to you know, really holding the individual accountable for the arrangement that they're entering into. You can always have, when it's a two-sided market, someone not upholding the end of the deal, um, which, you know, in turn is is never good for either side. So, you know, this, this, this idea of how do you ensure that they are doing um, and they are participating and contributing to the brand's um, you know, notoriety effectively is all embedded in this platform. And it's, you know, systematic by nature. You you have to ensure that they're staying on top of things. You have to have technologies in place to ensure that um, individuals are either posting once or storying twice or doing X and doing Y in their posts. And, you know, that whole monitoring and tracking is what's difficult to really, you know, do at scale for these brands. And that's why this kind of Bella product um, is, I, I mean, I think kind of that, that turnkey solution most are looking for. And, you know, another problem is, is um, making sure that the neighborhood that they play in is, is um, good for the brand. Like you don't want them to all of a sudden be involved in porn or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. You, and so you, it, that's a problem as well, right? That you have yeah. To address. Absolutely. And I mean, that also comes down to into the search engine components of finding the right person to advocate for your brand. Um, that's a huge element that, you know, we can go into at depth. And that's where you kind of get 
the machine learning, the artificial intelligence, the predictive modeling, all of that baked in is how do you find those highly qualified individuals um, and only reach out to them because they need to fit the mold of the brand and what they're trying to kind of expose to their audience. So yes, that's a massive component in finding the right individuals to be a part of the program. Yeah, and wise content, you know, the way we, is, is not only when we talk about wise content, it's not only how you make it, it's how you place it. Exactly. And, and the process. Uh, and all of these are critical to make it effective. Mm-hmm. So anyway, come back. We're going to actually dig into Bella a little bit and find out more about it. All right. Hi, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast. And my guest, Austin Rosenthal, with the company Digital Presence. But I understand that maybe that company name is going to change. Is that true? Yes, it is. And we're, it's, it's a fun transitional period for us where we're, we're trying to drop this agency feel to a name, which is digital presence and kind of go more in the direction of technology and, you know, molding ourselves as a software solution. So we're not quite there yet with getting the name, but um, it will be changing and we will be rebranding here shortly. (laughs) And you're thinking it's going to be Bella? Why Bella? Yeah. So right now the platform, the name is is Bella, honestly, because it speaks to just the simplicity of our system. Um, it's, it's a short, simple, also means beautiful. Um, and at the end of the day, what we're trying to develop is almost an aid um, for marketers and advertisers to rely on. So we felt that personifying it in some way um, is a good idea to go about that. Now, with that said, uh, we're still kind of juggling a couple of different options of rebranding, but you will be the first to hear when we do finalize <laughs> the name. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Um, so, um, you know, I was looking over your uh, document, do you, uh, you know, your documentation about Bella, it's very interesting looking product. I want you to give me a demo at some point. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so Bella has a three-step process. It claims, what are those steps and what do they mean? Yeah, so that's kind of how we broke down this execution of running a program of this nature is into three elements. There's onboarding, there's selection, and then there's reporting. When you kind of onboard a project, what you're really looking to do is gather all the information that a brand or an advertiser is is looking to revolve the project around. Um, That being who are our targets? Who do we want representing the brand? Secondly, how are we going to incentivize them to want to promote and advocate for the brand? Um, lastly, what are we what, what are the requirements to participate in the program? Hosting, interaction, um, product reviews, whatever it might be. Um, that's the first step is defining that. And Bella kind of helps you walk through that onboarding and strategy session. Um, secondly, once you kind of kick that off, what ends up happening is we've developed essentially a job, a job recruitment aspect and component where we take all of that information and build out this rolling, um, essentially outreach that goes to these qualified candidates that are likely to want to participate in a program of this nature that 
ultimately drives them to either submit an application to participate or not. That then takes us to the second piece, which is the selection component, you know, building out your team. So getting the approval from the advertiser and marketer saying, yeah, this individual that submitted an application really fits the mold of our brand. Let's go ahead and activate them. So they have full control on the back end. And then after that, it's just the tracking and reporting component where, you know, Bella monitors the post activity and, and um, all of those elements associated with it. So you do you do you get involved in the creation activity at all, or how do you um, how do you yes creation yeah and that's that's what's key and really important to us and that's why at the beginning of every single project we have some strategy sessions that we set up with the client saying here are some best practices here's the best way to have your um, advocates interacting with your product and creating content. And, you know, these are what we've seen as successful strategies in the past. Let's maybe try to do that, but also be creative in the way that we're, we also want them to be advocating for your brand. So the strategic component is, is a large piece to the puzzle that is, um, done up front early. And I imagine the reporting, reporting created, can create an iterative process that can make the content better the next time around, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's kind of this cyclical feedback loop that we built where as these brands and advertisers are building their communities and selecting who they want to participate, that information is in turn funneling back into our search engine that's saying they didn't like them. There's a reason. Maybe that's because X, Y, and Z. They really like them. Let's go target that individual more. And then, you know, during the tracking and reporting component, you know, the way that you you build that into the system is I'm really happy with this partner and the way that they've contributed. Let's go ahead and reactivate them and have them participate again and say, this is what we liked and this is what we didn't like. So um, huge component to the to, to the system as well. So when I was when I started off this program, I was talking about how the, that collaborative partnership nature is a, is a good thing to look at in mm -hmm. terms of working with influencers. You facilitate that sort of a collaborative nature. Uh, oh, yeah, that's that's what's key to us. And that's what's important. And whenever we onboard a project, that's what we first and foremost vocalize to the brand or the agency is this is only going to work if it, if you can collaborate and develop trust um, and an authentic relationship with the individuals that you're partnering with. And that's the purpose of this is to take all of those burdens, you know, those burdens and the problems and the issues associated with managing a campaign so that they can focus on the collaboration and, um, you know, communicating with influencers and developing relationships and things along those lines. So where, where are the, are the points where you actually make extensive use of AI and machine learning? Yeah, it's generally in the search component. Um, where we're going and trying to find a hyper-targeted audience that's perfect for the particular project. Mm -hmm. So obviously, just you know, like any situation, there's there's this pool of potential talent or co-creators that you want to work with. The idea is casting the net broad, finding out who might fit it, and then fil you know filtering down that audience to who some key high-quality targets would be. So kind of this this filtering system that we've developed. Um, through our search engine is, um, you know, iterative and um, kind of generated by feedback by nature in that, you know, the brand as they're building out and they're selecting and, um, you know, growing this community of, of influencers, 
we're actually taking that feedback and putting it back into the search engine. So as we continue to reach out and fine tune our searching, um, we know how to do that appropriately. Um, so yeah. Cool. So uh, I imagine as you, you keep developing this, you're also going to introduce a lot of AI and machine learning into the reporting yeah. process to give strategic advice. Is that in the road, road, road plan? Oh, a hundred percent. The, you know, the idea is to really develop a system that's, you know, full service from top to bottom through execution and reporting where we want to develop some integrations to track further down the funnel. Um, so we can connect with Shopify accounts and we can see the traffic that each individual is pushing directly to, you know, buying the product itself on the store. So yes, that is, you know, the more down the funnel tracking is certainly on the roadmap and something we're eyeing to kind of put the entire, um, you know, puzzle together. Cool. You know, um, there's a lot of discussion I think there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, have different opinions on this about what type influencers, what basically based upon size are the best yeah. for campaigns. Where's your sweet part spot? Where do you see the sweet spot? I personally kind of always going back to the authenticity um, is I think, you know, there's, there's a use case for every situation. We've run campaigns with brands that have been targeting profiles that have greater than a hundred thousand followers or somewhere in between. I personally think the power is in the, the the nano and the micro influencer or the people that are the day-to-day -day, um, individuals that haven't necessarily been a co-creator quite yet. Um, those are the audiences that I think are really powerful and have a lot of sway to the individuals following them. So I always think that kind of building larger communities and having a lot of touch points um, is, is the way to go, but you know, there's certain needs and there's certain requests from everybody where you, you know, you have to build a system that caters to, to other, you know, requirements as well. Is there, is there, um, I imagine over time you could learn actually to, 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 to actually based upon campaign success and things like that, what, uh, what type, uh, influencer network you need for particular type campaigns, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, the key element here and the true value prop of this product is when you go and you kick off the campaign, everything is customized and tailored to that particular project. You're filling in these components and these parameters of who your target follower size is, hashtags that these individuals have used in the past, um, location preferences, you know, even profiles that you want to go out and target and build lookalike profiles. Everything is tailored to the specific project that we then go and kick off this engine to go and find those qualified leads. So that's, yeah, that, that is kind of the, the key value prop, I would say, of the Bella process. What, uh, what platforms are included, do you, do you include? Yeah, so we, um, we actually right now uh, work primarily on Instagram, but when we're going out and we're promoting a, an opportunity to um, you know, talent, influencers, co-creators, we're also asking what other platforms they do have credibility and, and a social presence on um, and can also work with them in that capacity as well. Now, fully integrated into our system, um, Instagram, but that's not to say that we, we can't work, uh, you know, hand in hand on, on some of these other platforms. And that's certainly on the roadmap to build them in to be, um, you know, in, in the same way that, that Instagram is on the platform.
Well, don't don't forget about podcasters. <laughs> well, that is actually the first that is the first thing that says, "Hey, do you have anything else that you can help us promote?" Podcast is the first line. So, all right, great, cool. <laughs> and then uh, I'm also uh, TikTok is starting to be something I like, but it anyway. uh, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> it is a talk about an ever evolving industry. I mean, I TikTok came out of nowhere, and it's so interesting. And I think that's what's fun about this is. You know, there's always something new that you kind of have to catch up to. And it's, you know, it keeps you on, on your toes. Um, it's it's a fun problem space to be in, that's for sure. <laughs> and then even the older social networks still have a lot of value for different demographics. Like, you know, Facebook is great. Absolutely. Older people and things like that. So it depends upon your campaigns. Yeah. Um, so when we come back, we'll finish up with, uh, you know, some other uh, advice you might have and uh, some shout outs. All right. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you. Hey, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Wise Content Creates Wealth podcast with my guest, Austin Rosenthal. And of uh, the firm Bella, <laughs> also known as Digital Presence right now, but I, I'm giving them the brand. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so tell me, uh, what tips would you have for a brand wanting to start out with influencer marketing? Yeah, I mean, I think just priorities, setting your priorities, and and that really honestly comes down to be being authentic. Um, and developing relationships with your partners. Um, don't, you know, it, the moment that an individual that's trying to co-create and advocate for you feels that that relationship is broken, it's not going to be a good outcome, which is, you know, again, the whole purpose and driver behind this Bella platform, which is let the technology do the tedious stuff and you do the hard stuff, which is develop the relationships. Cool. So um, do you find, I mean, you guys have done some campaigns now uh, for a while. What kind, of yeah. content work, what kind of content works best, I guess, on Instagram? Yeah, no, we just actually uh, ran a very interesting campaign with this company, Taste Republic, um, a gluten-free pasta. They were launching in, um, you know, they were launching their product in various different Sam's clubs in the, in the Midwest. And um, what we ended up doing was having people showcase their experience from going, driving foot traffic into the Sam's Club, showing their audience where they purchased the product, taking it home, and then developing some custom meal, some custom dish using the product itself to kind of show the, you know, the full life cycle of, of the product and getting in the hands of the audience and just, you know, experiences. That's what the driver of this is. Um, and yeah, that that's, you know, for sure what I would say. You know, we, and uh, I, well, I do, we do a lot of travel marketing and memorable yep. tourism experiences is one of the, uh, the critical ways to deal with content because that building anticipation to have a memorable tourism experience is a critical part of actually having a memorable tourism experience. <laughs> yes. That's, so uh, experiences is the way to go. Definitely. I um, have said it better. <laughs> <laughs> So where, where, what, besides uh, you know, uh, determining your identity, mm -hmm. <laughs> where do you see the evolution of Bella? 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's just so many creative plays. Um, you can go everywhere from this being the marketing side to then going the research side, then going the pure media side. There's there's so many untapped opportunities in this world um, of influencer marketing that you know we're just scratching the surface, and this is the tip of the iceberg, and this is what people need now. Um, but we also know what people are going to need in the future once they know what's available. So. Um, it's going to be a very fun, iterative experience um, in developing and seeing this evolve even further. Um, but yeah, we're just excited to kind of get this next version out the door here in, the, in a couple of weeks. So um, all hands on deck. <laughs> cool. And you see, we've already talked about it a little bit, but you see AI, data, machine learning, all these becoming more and more the lifeblood of what you're doing. Yeah, it's it's one of the key elements. It's the only way to figure out who is a right fit and if that right fit is doing um, you know, the right thing and they're promoting the product in the right way and they're driving the traffic that we want. So and data science that works, ex right? exactly and creating the content that works. And that's where it all stems from is it's not gonna work if the content and the creative isn't there. Um, that's what people, you know, that's what resonates with people. Um, is the content and how they're expressing the product and using the product. So, um, yeah, exactly. So uh, besides yourself, what other industry resources would you recommend people to go to to find out more about uh, you know, influencer marketing and then the types of things that you do in that space? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of interesting outlets out there. There are some tools that can help with certain components and challenges and hurdles um, of running campaigns of this nature. Um, there are various independent marketers and agencies that I know that are specifically, um, you know, gifted at the strategy and coming up with the a compelling idea and campaign to then go ahead and execute upon. Um, so it's, again, it's an ever, I'm always looking for additional, you know, resources and ways to kind of learn more. Um, and it's going honestly directly to the creator and the influencer and the ambassador to, to, to figure out, you know, how do I position myself best so I'm communicating, you know, the opportunity and the relationship, you know, fostering the relationship best with them. So it all stems from, you know, the supply side, which is the co-creator. Cool. All right, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a left wing at you. What's the worst influencer marketing campaign you've ever saw? <laughs> The worst influencer marketing <laughs> campaign I ever saw. Wow. Um, I won't say any names because right, I don't want to give any any brand, any brand terrible brand uh, recognition. Yeah. Um, but I I will say some of the most challenging uh, programs that that we've seen run is where you don't give the ambassador or the co-creator the ability to create. Where we actually gave or a client or a brand actually that we weren't even working on, a um, a co-creator, the exact thing that they wanted them to post on their there social. There was no co-creation. <laughs> there was no co-creation. It was an extension of what the brand wanted the the creator to to represent. And that's just no way to um, drive that authenticity and, and that type of engagement with a co-creator. So it was really stifling and hard. Um, and some, you know, some individuals think that that's the way in which, um, you need to go about it, but it's all about co-creation. <laughs> it's all about co-creation. This industry is always going to grow. 
I mean, uh, you know, I remember in the in the data space early on, a big brand could determine months ahead of uh, ahead that when a woman was pregnant, and and they got into trouble because they would send her emails or even uh, her, her husband or somebody right. emails before she had told anybody, and it really got them into a little bit of trouble. So that this, this industry is uh, uh, evolving in all sorts of things, digital and data. So uh, what's your shout outs? Who, where do you want people to go look you up? What do you want to, for them to go to take a look at? Yeah, I mean, for now, go ahead and, and check out Digital Presence. Uh, with a Z, with, by the way. Yeah, with, with a Z, P-R-E-Z-E-N-C-E. -E. Um, but we will be rebranding and, you know, everything will ultimately direct back to what we're, what we're rebranding to. So uh, for now, yeah, go, go check out Digital Presence. You can see a little bit more about the Bella app and, and how it can help you as an advertiser and marketer, and uh, yeah. And do you have do you have a Twitter or uh, any uh, way they can yeah. check you out? Yeah, I have a Instagram account. Um, it's Austin D Rose, and I can share that information with you after. And uh, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, this will lead to a lot of exciting conversations. Um, All I'm right. Really appreciative of you having me on on the show. Well, I I would hope you will give me a demo. I will I will film that longer demo and put it up on my YouTube channel, which we're starting to do demos of uh, various AI tools. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Nice. That sounds yeah. great. All right. Cool. Um, I want to thank you for coming, um, and I will, I'm going to give some shout-outs of my own now. I'm on the talkradio.nyc network, uh, which has a lot of live shows uh, and a lot of different subject areas. Uh, you should check out Jeremiah Fox, who hosts the Entrepreneurial Web, which uh, comes right before my show on this network. I also have another podcast on the net network that's sort of a left term. It's called Gateway to the Smokies. It's about promoting uh, an understanding of the uh, Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the culture and, and things that go on down there with the intent of encouraging people to go visit because I have a motel down there called Middle Ark Motel. My company is Galileo Tech Media and we help uh, those in charge of marketing campaigns who need to know which tactics will best persuade prospects, prospects to buy or take another course of action. Hard data as part of wise content plan helps eliminate and substantiate key decisions are revving around content. Uh, and then we help produce that content and we've done it on scale. We've done as much as 40,000 pieces of content in a year for one company alone. Uh, Galileo Text Media's wise content moves brands far ahead of the curve. Um, next week, uh, we will have Jeff Coyle, the co-founder of Market News, which is an AI content intelligence and strategy platform that transforms, transforms how you research, plan, and craft your content. You can find more about this podcast on facebook.com slash wise content creates wealth, where you will actually see the Zoom feed live every week, which is, uh, which is Friday from one to two. Uh, and then we have a site called wisecontentcreateswealth.com uh, where we put up the episodes and we also um, have a newsletter that you can sign up for. Uh, and other resources related to wise content. At some point, we will actually be putting up a directory of all these great wise content tools out there. Um, and, and we're building that now. So look at it as a resource to find out more about this, uh, this uh, the burgeoning and growing industry of intelligent content. Thank you very much for being on the show. See you next week, uh, Friday from 1 to 2 on the talkradio.nyc's network. And thank you all very much. Bye.